welcome to Infinite Possibilities, the Game Changer series with me, Dr. Marina Nani and Rich Woman Magazine. If you look around and wonder how some people are so successful so quick while others still struggle, perhaps it's time to find out the inside story of personal brand strategies. Every story brings a new perspective, greater truths that sit at the core of personal branding. We go around the world together and talk with influencers, elite leaders, visionaries, artists, scientists, icons, and everyday heroes about the intentional decision to influence the public perception of their uniqueness and access infinite possibilities. Welcome to Infinite Possibilities. Today, we are going all the way to India. Senela, you are an amazing inspiration for so many women seeking somebody exactly like you to manifest into their life. Tell us the story behind your story, how everything started. Hi, Dr. Marina. Hi, Dr. Aziza. So lovely to be here. Thank you for having me in this beautiful space. I've been working in the training, coaching, and talent development space for over 15 years now. My background is really very versatile. I specialized and majored in market research, marketing, and brands. I was the lead on stakeholder relations and brands in a Fortune 100 company in their downstream operation. I was also country head in a tech company. It's very interesting because I kept working and getting experience in very different industries. And there's a very interesting story there. I was also involved in HR from a very uh, early start, but really my position as the country head for the tech companies where I really dwelled into understanding the different people, dynamics of leadership and Being a trainer at the time as well, because I wore a parallel hat of being a trainer, I noticed that um, when it comes to people, performance, the biggest divide that I observe, particularly in the midsection of an organization, because I would train like large conglomerates, because I wore a parallel hat working with a consultancy firm for a long time throughout my corporate job, was that It was the mindset, and that amazed me incredibly. One of the biggest divides for bringing potential out in performance was the mindset. And being South Asian, I originate from South Asia. I always had this big global vision that I want to do something that can transform myself in the process and where I can transform the world. So hailing from that background, I just use my multi-sectorial experience to package into something I'm really passionate about, which is really helping people understand the mindset which limits their performance and potential. And I help them solve problems and strategies around that. And to really personalize what I'm sharing here is that Dr. Marina, Dr. Aziza, I wasn't always this outspoken. This is not the Sanella had you met me 20 years ago. <laughs> by, by far from it, I could not even speak in public with more than two people in the room. I was utterly shy, incredibly timid, but I knew that I wanted to serve a purpose because I was just incredibly tired of not loving myself, of not believing in myself. And some of the reasons to that attributed 
a lot to do with social norming, social conditioning. For a lot of the South Asian women in my generation to say, you know what, you have to conform to a certain gender role. And those limiting beliefs did affect me. And I ended up being a massive high achiever, but for the wrong reasons. But ultimately, God had a wonderful purpose for me. And fast forward to where I am today, I'm so blessed and grateful that I sit in a global position where I can support people and impact their lives. So that's really where I'm at. That's my heart. That's my vision. And that's a little bit of my genesis. Thank you so much, Senela. Today we are talking about personal branding. And you pointed out that the self-perception played a massive role in your transformational change. And you know that in certain countries, is perhaps easier or harder than in other countries to build your personal brand. For me, personal branding is the story you tell yourself about yourself when nobody is listening. What is the personal branding definition for you? I love that question because personal branding is such a huge tool and engine to propel forward for anybody. I, how I would answer that is I came across this really interesting quote I'll never forget. It said, personal branding is what others say of you when you leave the room. And that quote stuck in my mind for years. And then I started thinking, what do people think of me when I leave the room? It's easy to say, uh, yes, I'm your friend or yes, you're great in front of you, right? But then the minute you leave the room, what is the impact you've left and how people talk about you and have conversations around you, of you, about is a very important decider in how things happen and roll out. So let me understand this. <laughs> Jeff Bezos said is what other people say about you when you leave the room. And then for a very long time, I, I was trying to understand what he really means by that. He doesn't really care what people say about him. So why is he saying that is the personal branding definition? And I start looking into other people's lives, into other people's personal brand, which is their story in my own perception. So I realized that actually true leaders, they don't really spend time thinking of what other people are thinking. They start time thinking how best they could solve a problem, how best they could bring a unique solution. So they will be the last person who struggled with that certain challenge. And looking at your story, Sunela, the truth is that uh, <laughs> you, you are doing exactly that. You are not really interested in what other people think of you. You are really thinking of the people who you could help and who are the people who need your help. And to me, that is a more positive approach to building your personal brand because look at you. You now have a presence in over 23 countries across six continents, and you have over 4,000 members and 37 global partners. So to me, it doesn't sound like somebody who cares about what other people think, doesn't care about the social conditioning, the limiting beliefs, but cares about humanity, cares about the next door woman. And for me, the fact that you've been co-authoring the woman going global, which is not just another book, is, is a new concept of making the difference and becoming the person that could inspire other women to be themselves, to be courageous, to remind them who they are destined to be, because 
each one of us is born with a certain gift. And yes, some of us, like yourself, are spoiled with so many gifts and talents and don't know which one to pick. However, I really feel that your role in uh, gender advocating, gender equality in international um, platforms and forums is really creating chance, is creating hope, is creating the possibility that women in business can be known internationally. And I, I feel that behind your personal story, your personal brand is growing into that acknowledgement that look at me, you have the same gift that you have to discover. The same way I discover my gift, you can discover your gift and I'm here to help you. And no wonder you've been uh, featured in the US presidential magazine with the White House this summer. And uh, the article I think was um, titled Keys to Unlock Your Vision. What are the keys to unlock your vision, Senela, for you? I think the first thing starts with awareness, really digging, soul searching into your alignment, your purpose, your calling. I think all of us carry out our life and our day with an aching cry, but only few of us in the world actually stand still to listen to that cry. And for me throughout, it's always been about first have innate awareness into what your big why is, your purpose, what's calling out for you. And the minute you feel that vacuum, everything else unfolds. But I love how even Brandon Burchard said, because I've always advocated that awareness, as simple as it sounds, is not always easy because it's so simple. I keep telling people I speak to self-awareness. The more enormous self-awareness and clarity you have within yourself, you've conquered the world. And that's been one of the greatest truths that have helped me pivot throughout my life, throughout my expeditions of helping others and trying to make a difference in this world, is I always told myself, if I conquer my mind, I conquer the world. The battle is inside. The battle is internal. So I think to really unlock your vision, it really starts with innate awareness. And then you discover the potential and possibilities thereafter. And what's interesting is, Dr. Marina, all these amazing feats, those were feats that came to me. And the universe is a very interesting way of doing that, of orchestrating these feats for people who really want to make a difference. In terms of my personal brand, I think the main thing I've always thought about was the human side of branding, the humanness of not even thinking of a brand. Like you said, rightfully, it's beyond borders, beyond brands. We don't think in that way. We don't think that way. We think of impact. We think of the heart. We think of the connection. And I think that has been one of the significant attributes to or factors to how I was able to scale and dynamically expand Women Empowered Global in just a matter of three years across six continents was really getting down to speaking to leaders around the world, connecting to their hearts, going beyond the mind and logic and reasoning. It's really on heart, purpose, vision, so that we can cross culture and connect on a unified language, and that is impact. And true to the day, that has been my biggest formula of personal branding is be true, be authentic, connect to the heart, and focus on being human. So that's really what it is for me. Thank you so much, uh, Sanella. This is uh, really the, the inner definition of uh, that each one of us could take home, thinking that self-awareness, what is the 
the role of self-awareness. What is that I'm not thinking about myself? And most of the time, people, especially women, don't think of themselves because they are so giving. They they sacrifice their life, energy, youth, talent to uh, look after the families they manage and the families they, they love. And yet there is a time in everybody's life when children leave the nest. So what then? All that wisdom, all that creativity, all that talent is left behind. And I feel that humanity is the number one victim of us not empowering women, of society not being able to recognize and celebrate women. A woman is expected to uh, go to school, then get married, have children, and nothing else. So what, what do you think is needed, is necessary, and is important to be done in our society so women are gifted back to society. I get asked that question quite a bit, actually. The interesting thing is, wherever I speak in any part of the world, something I'm very mindful to relate is that there is no one Cinderella shoe that's going to fit. The remedy for empowering or the conversation about what solution is going to work, it really depends on culture, the context. There's a lot that goes into that. And you think about empowering women in EU and within EU, there are so many different segments. And then you go into the West, then you go into the East. So many different things to think about. I think overall, if I was to give a very top-line perspective to somebody who's new to this conversation of talking about gender equity, who's new to the conversation of trying to understand how to uh, really support a woman and help her feel um, more supported, I want to kick it off with this beautiful quote. I think it's by G.E. Anderson that said, women are already strong. Empowering a woman is not about make... I'm not saying verbatim. I'd have to go check it out, but... It's something like this. Empowering a woman is not making her strong because women are already strong. But it's the way the world perceives that strength. So I want to really just drive that point home to really tell anybody out there listening, women are strong. I think it's just, even looking back in hindsight, it's just the imposed, either self-imposed or externally imposed factors that break that down. So giving a very top-line perspective to the research I've done, the empirical studies I've done, the years I've worked in this industry. I mean, my, my background is corporate, but I am a woman, and I've worked in uh, situations where I was the only uh, female woman in the table, at the decision-making table, at the board. So I know that dialect. I know what that means. So talking about personal experience and all of that packaged inside, I would say a high-level perspective on this conversation would be this way. One is the internal dilemma that would oppress her, which is the self-imposed kind of stuff we talk about. And Sheryl Sandberg addresses that as well. To lean in, we need to really overcome the self-sabotage, the imposter syndrome. Those things are very real narratives. And then you have the external dilemma. We're talking about institutional policies. Just recently, I was involved in a documentary by the U.S. Presidential Service Center. I'm a delegate and they wanted to invite me to feature me. I, I was a part of that uh, documentary, Asia Women in Power. And in that, I was just suggesting how many corporations are empathetic enough to think about installing breastfeeding stations in the workplace where a woman who is nursing can express her milk and, and put it in a refrigerator so that when she goes home, she has something to take back with her. 
And then if you take it to a more grassroots level, how many women who go to work leave their little babies at home with absolutely zero elders? There is zero childcare. Forget talking about quality childcare. There's zero access to childcare uh, and daycare because the women have to work. So depending on the typical, that particular strata of a woman we're talking about empowering, I think the remedies and solutions are different. But at a very high level, I would like to say it's the internal dilemma and then the external dilemma. I think once these two things are looked separately, uh, individually, independently, and also intersectionally, I think we can really make net uh, impact. But then an interesting conversation is, Dr. Marina, is making this conversation as broad-based as we can. And what I mean by that is empowering a woman is everybody's human empathy to do so. Not to pass the baton to the next person to say, oh, this is not my subject. Let the gender experts do it. No, it's a mom. It's a daughter. It's a sister. It's a wife. It's a grandmother. So think about that. And whatever we can do, minuscule way every day, that can make a difference. That's really powerful, Sanella. Tell me, what do you think is the power of support, women supporting women in building your personal brand? I think it's huge. Coming back to when I first announced my own global company, Women Empower Global, I launched it at the Women's Economic Forum. That was a wonderful opportunity, and I was able to meet some incredible people uh, on that platform. And then throughout my journey, I've been instrumental in understanding that it would be interesting to have a formal structure or a platform which enables women to support women. And really, truly, that was a high intention behind Women Empowered Global. Because at the time, I had no formal mentoring. I had no exposure to any of it. And I had to do it alone because I didn't have that exposure when I was succeeding in my career and so on and so forth. So I saw a vacuum where I wanted to facilitate and get in there and develop an ecosystem where women can support women. But it's an interesting thing is because fast forward to four years where we are today since I incorporated the company is I'm understanding that to really have this agenda manifest, it's not enough for women to be supporting women. We need men, male allies, pushing it just as hard because that's when more heads turn. So I'm all about equality and equity and making it inclusive and diverse for all. And I think there's, I also wanted to say, coming back to the beautiful question you asked, how important is it? I think it's absolutely important to have women supporting women as well. I know a lot of people talk about the um, counterintuitive effects of that as well, because if you look at, some situations I've had in my own career, I have had situations where it was a male boss who opened the door, not a female. And it's interesting. So I went into introspectively asking myself, why? Why did I have a female boss who tried to cut me? Why? And I had these long, extensive debates with other colleagues. And we arrived at the conclusion, Dr. Marina, do you know the conclusion we arrived at? Again, this is highly contextual, okay? We arrived at the conclusion that some women tend to feel very insecure 
about opening a door for another woman because only they understood the true struggle limitations excessive hurdles that they had to face to secure their positions in corporate in boardrooms in that generation and of course this is changing this is changing but women that i were exposed to at the time in my career succession who did try to close the door on me didn't open the door was purely because they were trying to save theirs they were very territorial but then it makes you wonder the environment perpetuated that those were the values that kind of competition it it drove so which is why platforms like this dr marina the wonderful work you're doing the wonderful work dr aziza is doing the wonderful work that all these other women are doing and the women empowered global these are the kind of channels mediums platforms that are so needed and necessary to tell women you don't need to be territorial because guess what together we can go further and we can go faster and i'm seeing that it it is manifesting and one more point i want to close with is this i have another global company as well and i'm on two different uh, i'm on seven different leadership teams globally i'm on two different other additional boards as well and so i'm very versatile and very well versed with different sectors as well and one thing i've understood is when i do business with a woman and when i do business with a man it is different but i don't compare when i do business with a woman she's as fierce she's as organized but she activates a different side of me when i do business with a man he's fierce he's structured but he activates a different side of me so when i think about doing business it's about paying respect to the unique characteristics of what that person contributes and brings to the table so it's just so interesting when we talk about narratives the kind of things that go into it just going with an open mind and just learn and absorb <laughs> back this is a very compelling answer and goes around uh, different other issues what do you think our children the new generation need to learn from women from the personal brand of a woman children are so bright they don't need to be told they look at women and they know they know that is the reality the way we behave is what they learn from us what do you think the new generation can learn from us as women in 2020 i love the question i'm actually smiling to myself dr marina cuz my biggest boss in life is my daughter and she's only 10 years old and she has me wrapped around her finger i think you need to ask her <laughs> the answer to that cuz i tell you this generation dr marina oh my goodness just at another level i it's interesting because i'm looking at a very relatable personal way of course because as a mother i have a 10 year old i'm raising and she is the, the next generation she is the future and i can see that she is ever so fierce so much more vocal and more assertive more educated more informed about what she wants who she is she's way more assertive way more assertive than i ever was at that age i i think the question i would like to spin it a different way we as adults or the generation before them ready to groom and harness that potential to take us forward i think that all 
a key attribute that they can retain from us is that level of empathy. But something I am seeing that they are reinforcing in their generation is power for a cause. Power for a cause. Because I'm seeing this generation is less about just thinking about profits, is less about thinking about the kind of things that govern our business. But there's so much more about cause and realism, being bold, being unapologetic. And I think if we could just inculcate in them with all that inherent wisdom and technology that they're, that they're rapidly um, embracing, which we can't cope with at our age compared to them, would be to inculcate with them principles, values, kindness, and empathy. That's where I'd like to answer that. But I think there's so much that we can learn from them, which I think we haven't even touched the surface yet. There are about 662 or 63 million females in India. What do you think is possible when their personal brand is nurtured and supported? What do you think is possible when the social conditioning is not going to brand them as stay-at-home moms? What do you think is possible when these 663 million women are going to be given the chance to be celebrated? Wow, I think it's limitless. I'm all for a woman determining her future, determining her choices and if she wants to work, if she wants to take up to career, if she wants to be an astronaut, if she wants to stay at home and she wants to bake, that is all great. It really depends on what she wants. But I think the minute the world and society is not threatened by her anymore, I think the world is going to transform. It's going to contribute to GDP. It's going to contribute to our baby girls disrupting industries. And we can see that already happening. These little kids are challenging status quo thinking. They're challenging the color blue. Mom, why is my cradle a certain color? Why are my dresses pink? I don't want pink. And I think the minute society is less threatened, my dream and goal is to empower 1 million women for leadership globally in my lifetime. That's my personal vision. And my method to doing that is by working out strategic programs around the world and also involving professional development to get a higher representation of women in decision-making and power positions. When that happens, I'm hoping the narratives will change as well. But living in a world and a society, women are seen, women's rights are seen as a human. I think it's going to be infinite. I think it's going to be limitless. It's so exciting. I'd love to live in a world. Thank you so much, Senela. It's a beautiful vision. We are all behind you and Honestly, what is a million women? It's a drop in the ocean, a, a very tiny drop. So uh, please, listeners, get in touch, connect with your Senela, so we help and support achieving your dream. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of 
of global operation to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.